This is Tom King. I now write Batman, but I still love Dick. And this is still 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> Dead on the money. You should go to okay, uh, yeah. Atlantic okay. City this I weekend. Mean, between the low-flying aircraft outside my window and I, as close as I am to the mic, I thought it might have been a little sharp. But don't think it's good. That it's no, good. just don't think. Why uh, start now? You're a professional. You don't need to think. You just do. Just right? Speak. Be the ball. Be the nose. <laughs> Be Here Now. Did you ever read that book? Yes. Love it. I love that book. I wish most people in this world would be here now instead of trying to be somewhere else. Uh, live in the now. I'm trying to impart the wisdom to my children, and they they're just don't not having it. They won't have it. What, to live in the now? Yep. Uh, Vinny's the worst. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I think it's super hard. It is. But... Um, I- yeah. Yeah. He, my son is the absolute worst. He is thinking, um, some days like a week ahead of time. He, he he's he's looking on the Facebooks and the the social medias, and he's thinking about what he's going to do when he gets home or tomorrow at school. Or he he cannot just relax. He's always thinking, always doing something. The hands are going a mile a minute, and it's just like, bruh, come on, let's have fun. Where are we going? When are we going to get there? When are we going to come home? Like what? I, I would I would take the bridge if my mind worked that fast. Well, listen, it's it's difficult. It is. He gets that from his mother, not me, because I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> you certainly do live in the now. I do. So laid back, I might be dead. Hey, everybody, <laughs> what is this? Well, I will tell it. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode six hundred and eight, and I'm Vince Laidback B. I dig it. And I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I'm Jack LaLanne. <laughs> you could be Jack LaLanne if you want to be. It could be Jack. It could be Charles Atlas, but this week he could be Jack LaLanne. Yeah. Hey, Mr. LaLanne, can you pick that quarter up off that tile floor for me? <laughs> you're right. not. Get me some juice. Yes, you're not Jack LaLanne. Why did you pick Jack LaLanne? Well, ladies and some of you gentlemen out there, I am doing this show tonight in biker shorts because i just got done on the peloton wow so picture I, that i have never seen you in biker shorts it's probably you will never see me in biker it's shorts. probably <laughs> quite the image you will never see me in biker shorts. is that a kumquat in your pocket or are you just happy to see me but you're just happy to hear you yeah you're not jason you are jason wood you're not jacqueline <laughs> and we're all together once again on this uh we sniped you we got in a little bit early so uh, you're going to be a little messed up tomorrow thinking, what? It's it's Thursday and I get a new episode, but that's how we do here on 11 you O'Clock Comics. Yeah, yeah. You will never, ever have to guess about your comic books and assorted periodicals from the uh, previous catalog because you know you're going to get them because you ordered them from Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, one more time, DCBService.com is the absolute best place to get this stuff. Why? Because they're the cheapest, and they have everything in the previous catalog, such as from Dark Horse, 
Black Hammer meets the Justice League. There's no meats in there. I added that myself. So uh, Black Hammer Justice League number one of five, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Michael Walsh, and it pleases my eyes. It makes them very happy. Do you agree? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, the cover price is the standard, three ninety nine. Is uh, Aside from Spawn, are there any two ninety nine comics anymore? Savage Dragon? No. Sav- oh, no, no. Okay. No, hey, I didn't know. No. When was the last time I looked at a cover price? Um, y- oh, well, no, no. It, it, it came out on a Wednesday. It's $1.99. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't count Alterna. That, they don't count. Because, you know, it's, it's a, no, I love them, but they don't count. Uh, so are there any, no, I see, and now it sounds like I'm pooping on Alterna. Notable books that are still two ninety nine aside from Spawn. I don't think I so. I begin to tell you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because this is three ninety nine, and the cover price, disregard it, because you are going to pay $1.99. You're getting it for half off. From More t- than half off. No. You're getting it for half off. 50% no. off. Yeah. No. From from Titan Comics. <laughs> I don't like fuzzy math. From Titan Comics. Well, it's three ninety nine. Yes. Half of three ninety nine. It's one ninety nine and a half. Mm. So you're getting it for $1.99. So you're going to have more than a half a penny plus 50%. It's Blade Runner 2019, <laughs> number one. Uh, the art germ cover is the discounted one. And you can have this three ninety nine comic for $1.99, which is even more than 50% <laughs> off. <laughs> Thank you. It Listen. is... Anyone that's seen Superman 3 knows that Richard Pryor taught us all what the value of a half a penny is. That's true. You are, you're dead on the money. How about that? It, uh, it's written by Academy Award-nominated screenwriter Michael Green, who wrote uh, Blade Runner 2049, Logan, and American Gods. And Wait, what? Yeah. I so, haven't seen Blade Runner 2049. Uh, okay, then. Um, sorry. Yeah, I haven't either. Sorry. Oh, my fucking God. All right. Mm, I will, though. I'll rectify it. Uh, Yeah, I have it. I actually have it. I just haven't watched it. And and he wrote it with co-writer Mike Johnson, whom we know from Batman, Superman, Supergirl, and Star Trek. And it's Mm -hmm. illustrated by Andres Gonaldo, who did the Justice League. Yeah. Justice League Dark and Captain America. So you got to get this. It looks phenomenal. It looks very faithful to the uh, motion picture I say the zzz part because I haven't seen 2049 yet. And uh, it's only going to cost you two bucks. Well, 199 fuzzy math. And last but not least, from Dark Horse, it's the Flaming Carrot Comics Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1 featuring Flaming Carrot numbers 1 and 2, 4 to 11, 25 to 27, featuring the crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bob Burden for president. It's a um, massive tome, but it's in the smaller footprint size that the Dark Horse Omnibi usually uh, are delivered in, and it's a $24.99 book. Well worth it at cover price, but ha ha ha, you scoff at cover prices. This will cost you $12.49. That's 50% off, give or take. 
DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and your books come straight to your door with no muss, no fuss on your part. You fire up your internet browser, you type in what you want, you hit that bum, you're done, and then you get them. <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> is it, though? I think it is. a little difficult there for a little No, I, I <laughs> think it's it's far easier than talking about it. Doing okay, it, that's, yes. That's, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. DCBService.com. I love you that. Uh, you know what's easier to talk about, Vince? What we're drinking. What you're drinking. Well, I'm going to let you down because I, I just got home from work not too long ago. And, you know, I, I, got, I got things to do tomorrow. So I'm, I'm drinking um, black cherry sparkling water. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It is that's very nice. delicious from Clear American. I don't know if I like that name, Clear American, but it's Black Cherry. You get it at the Walmart. <laughs> or not. Oh Lord, what are you drinking, Jason? Oh, I got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna one up you. I am drinking sparkling ice cold tap water. Oh no, tap. <laughs> What's going on? <sighs> well, considering the size of this ice cube, maybe I should just say I'm drinking water. But I will. Um, not let the bullet frontier whiskey sit in it too long so that I still actually can say I'm drinking whiskey tonight. There you go. I have a trivia question for you, courtesy mm-hmm. of Joey Fatone from the game show Common Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Which ice cubes melt the slowest? Round. Stop! I didn't give you the oh, options sorry, I yet. Know, I, thought, I, I didn't know it was a multiple choice. I'm it sorry. is. It is. Okay. Right. Square, round, or C- cylinders with the hole drilled in them. That. The, the cylinder with the hole drilled in them? Mm-hmm. You are far too smart to give that answer, my friend. I, you I are. can't say I'm, I'm smart enough about ice. I don't know. Because the, the, the temperature of the water goes through the hole and it melts the ice cube from the inside out. As well as from the outside in. So, no. Can you say which one melts further, fastest? No, which one melts the slowest. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I swear I thought you said which one melts the fastest. Did I? Well, the slowest, yeah. And, oh, so and, I was right then. No, you were. The no, sl- <laughs> no, no for the- I'm right in that the one I picked is melts the fastest. Exactly. Dap, okay, is so. the, Dap had the correct answer. The, the spheres melt the slowest. See, because I, I, I heard slowest, which is why I said sphere. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Joy, for tone. Good old Joey. It's a good show. I like it yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's very good. Who would have thought that Joey Fatone would make a good game show host? He's hosted other game shows before. I did not know he's, that. He's been on uh, celebrity cooking shows, too. I like him. Yeah? Yeah, why not? He's a gumad. I he's like, like him. He's like a nice enough guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your so, favorite from the band? I know nothing about the band. Okay. I don't. Sorry. It's all right. I know he was popular at one time. Is that the one with JT was in the band with him? Yep. And uh, gotcha. Gotcha. I like JT. Who doesn't? How about Lance Bass? Are you a Lance Bass fan? I like Tyler the Creator better. Woof. Yeah. Now we're speaking my language. Now, see, I never meet head to head with my, my son on his rap choices until now. Because yeah. because he came downstairs, I was playing it, and he's like, what? He's like, you like? I say, yeah, I like Tyler, the creator, because he's different. He's unique. I like his stuff. I think he's good. And yeah. and Vinny's like, well, you know what? Big ups to you, Dad. I'm like, oh. Nice. Aww, big ups. He's got some big ups. big ups. Yeah, big ups. Smash on the big ups. Yep. So let's get nice. into this. Do we have any thank yous before we ramble on? 
No thank yous. But we have a topic, though. A what? Oh. We have a topic? Well, news. Break news. we got to talk about some news. Oh, let's do oh. this. Yeah, this is Just fun. quickly. Because this is, the, this is the, the talk du jour. Rarely on our show do we find ourselves breaking news. We're not listener new other than new listeners they all know we don't um sometimes we'll talk about industry news but just if it strikes our fancy it's not like we come in every week and say here's the news of the week right that's well, not uh, us. in this in this case this one this one's close to home and i think people would find it odd if we didn't have any comment on it just because the person okay. in, in question is is a good friend of ours and that is the news that broke today first on bleeding cool listen love or hate rich johnson you gotta give credit where credit is due right when he has a legitimate news you got to give him his credit for breaking the news. Uh, he broke it. It was confirmed many other outlets that uh, uh, Tom King will be ending his Batman run at issue 85, um, which most of you no doubt know is roughly 20 issues short of his multi-year intention to, you know, from the start, he has told everybody in every interview and press outlet and all the PR has said that he was going to originally do a hundred issues and then, because of a couple um, additional things that happened, a couple all the of way, issues was, that were written by yeah, other writers. Was, he was the point was is he was going to do 100 issues of the book, and it was going to be one long arc involving Bane and Catwoman and just about everybody else. But but um, he's about uh, right now he's about three quarters through what that run would have been. It would have taken him through the end of or close to the end of next year, 2020. And uh, it was confirmed today that he will be ending his run on issue 85, which will coincide with the end of this calendar year. Um, now, it's interesting when something like this happens to someone you know personally, because, you know, again, we're not the kind of place that uh, digs too into the news and speculates all that often. But I'm sure we've done it plenty of times over the decade plus we've been doing this. And it's been fascinating seeing everybody who doesn't have a clue what actually happened speculate and draw conclusions i have seen everything today from fuck tom king for ending his run before he promised to <laughs> fuck dc for ending tom's run before it was promised to uh oh i'm sure this is a big plan he's going to do something else with them instead and it's going to be even better to wow he must have done something really wrong to uh oh i wonder <laughs> if he's going to marvel to you know, my point is there have been quite a few definitive proclamations from people that literally have no idea what's going on so um here's what i have to say about it first of all i did talk to tom today um tom while we are a comic show and we like to talk about this stuff uh first and foremost is our friendship to tom so um you know out of respect for him uh i'm not going to say anything that we discussed uh one way or the other beyond what he said he was cool with us talking about which is that uh, he did want to confirm, and it's been confirmed other places too, so it's not like we're giving you breaking news here. But he did personally confirm that, yes, the, his run is ending uh, with issue 85. No, it will not be because they're moving the story over to some kind of miniseries or other book or or, or original graphic novel. It, it is going to end at 85, so he's going to have to truncate his intended story. Um, it was not It was not his doing, right? He didn't ask for this to happen. Um, this was a conversation that was had and it was decided to do it this way for reasons I'm not going to get into out of respect for him. Um, and yes, he's still very much, uh, under contract with DC. Yes. He still has quite a few other projects in the works. Many of which we, the three of us are already aware of cause he's told us about them or, or, you know, or some have even been announced. Those are all going forward. So no changes there. Uh, he will still be prominently featured as uh, one of DC's top writers 
And the last thing is, you know, I, I said, what well, you know, anything you wanted to chime in on from him? And he said, the best way that people can show their support for him if they love the Batman run is to go on the socials or if you happen to know any creators in the business or any LCS owners, just politely ping them and say, hey, when you cast your Eisner vote, if you want to vote for Tom and Mitch and the other people that have worked on books with him, that would be awesome. So that's what he would like you to do. If you, if you, if you want to show your support for the run that he's been on with Batman, uh, getting the word out for the work via the Eisners would be the way he would love for you to do it. So That's a very level-headed approach to... Um that's Tom. The calamity. Yeah, yeah. If you can call it that, because I mean, I, I don't know much either, but uh, it's one of those things that uh, that catch twenty two. You get mega mega popular because you're working at a big two uh, on a big two book featuring one of the most beloved characters, so that mm-hmm. brings more eyes to your book. But on the flip side, you're working for a big two company that is basically an entertainment mill. Right. And, and, and so when when things happen like this, you got popular from working for this company, but you work for this company. So you're at their I mean, you're at their mercy. Right. They. they yeah. It's 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 weird. It's a strange situation. But he wouldn't be Tom King, let's just say, without Batman. But this current Batman run wouldn't be the same without Tom King. So yeah, it's, it's weird. It's a strange situation. And, and, uh, I'll, I will follow Tom wherever he goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Not only because he's our friend, but because he's damn good at what he does. 100%. Yes. And, uh, just a little, uh, piggyback on your breaking news. I think we must pour one out for our brother, Justin Ponser. Yes. Who passed away recently. Yes. Very much, uh, very, very young, very young. And um, it's sad. Yeah, but... Do either of you know his age offhand? I... Uh, 42? Yeah, okay. So he was that's, that's age, yeah. far too young. But uh, Yeah, he, he had been battling cancer for a few years. He had publicly been, he had, he had been public about that, but uh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Very talented man. And uh, we were all the better for his work. Uh, and, uh, much love to friends and family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you know if there's any kind of uh, GoFundMe or anything in support of his family? I don't know. You, you both of you would be more aware of that because you're. Well, I'll tell you what. So as not to to have dead air, I, uh, I'll take a look and if there is something, uh, we'll post it on the Facebook group and in the uh, in the sh- in the show notes if we can. Cool. We must. Yeah. It's the least we could do. Absolutely. It's um. I hadn't realized. Um, I was listening to No Apologies the the other day. Uh, shout out to them and uh, Juan Castro, who is as you can attest, uh, is not only a member of No Apologies and our friend, but but a fantastic inker in the business. And he was mentioning, which I was unaware of, that Laura Martin, who I I think, speaking of colorist, is one of the best colorists in the biz, um, had a debilitating eye condition that required because uh, he, he honestly can't be an artist uh, in color books who can't see uh, had to have surgery and because the comics world is, is kind of fucked up and even the best of the of, of the bunch are generally freelancers um, that she didn't have the, the money from her insur- her insurance didn't cover all the costs of the operation so there's also a GoFundMe in support of her so um you know, I, it's it's the sad thing is there there probably could be a legitimate GoFundMe almost every day cropping up for right. comic creators that have a need 
a, a financial burden, which really sucks. But uh, but I, I was unaware of, of Laura's condition, so hopefully she makes a speedy recovery because there's speaking of, of an artist much like Justin that just the industry can't afford to lose. She, right. She's fantastic. Now, you would think in this day and age, uh, these two mega corporations would at least provide health care for their, their people? Like you would think you're, you're doing, I'm not talking about just the popular, right? If, if we got to cut you a check, even if you get it at a, at a, a discount because you're, you're, you're an employee, but you're not really an employee. You're a freelancer. I know how it works, but yeah. it, it would be nice to just give these people basic health care. It sure would. I think it's, yep. a, it's a human thing to do. After all, they're providing a service to you that enables you to sell product. If they weren't there, you wouldn't have any damn product to sell. So yeah. treat them right. Keep them alive at the very least, right? Right. Oh, well. So let's talk about happy comics. Yes, let's make a nice pivot. <laughs> yes. Here. Well, pivot. I, I shouldn't go first because I, I hesitate to call what I read uh, the lead-in for for me this week is is not not particularly happy. Okay. So uh, take it away, someone else. You got something happy to talk about that? No. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, um, I read a book that is incredibly strange and delightful. Oh, it's like me because of its uniqueness. I I I had this book. For some time, and when I was going to Amazon to buy um, Sabrina, not Sabrina, um, the uh, the other book he talked about from uh, Lion Forge Dad, Sound of the World. Yes, yes, thank you. As you were talking about, it, I went to Amazon to buy that. Um, Amazon, as they want to do, says, "Oh, people that bought this book also like this book." Yeah, and I like to do that when I order the comics from there because it can sometimes turn you on to something that you were heretofore unaware of. And one of the books it said was of similar interest was a book called canopy. And I, all I looked at the cut of the cover and thought that looks interesting. That's an interesting art style. So I ordered that too. I threw, threw it in there. And, uh, I read that this week. It's, it's, it is a, uh, soft cover square bound, trade roughly a little bit larger than from a size perspective than the dark horse omnibus but not full but not a but not a full size comic size um and it is a comic by kareen bernadou k-a-r-i-n-e b-e-r-n-a-d-o-u it's published by retrofit comics big planet comics Ooh. i guess that's Sign of quality. Sign of quality right there. I, I figured you would be. Uh, you may even know this one. I mean, I don't know if you... I thought you might have even read this one. This was originally published in 2011 in France. She is a French. It was brought over by Retrofit in 2016, uh, English translation. Now, the funny thing is about it being French to English translation is it is a wordless book. So I don't know... Other than the title and the credits, I don't know what needed to be translated. So why it couldn't have just come over as is. But either way, um, the U.S. version is, as I said, from 2016. I have that version. And her art style, it is, um, God, it's very hard to describe the way she draws figures other than to say 
they kind of reminded me of what Picasso figures would look like if you put them on a comic page. So relatively simple, geometric, sometimes almost grotesquely exaggerated when she's trying to prove a point. Um, emotive faces with big eyes. Um, but there's a, a flatness to them, a, a graphic art quality to them. And that's really how the art is. The art, each page is essentially, and we'll have some of the, I sent Vince some of the art to post. Um, it's, it's a three color comic. There's black, there's white, and there's a, a, a red. It's, it's an orangish red, almost like a blood orange. And what the book is, is essentially a look at the life of a woman. And, and then through that, a life of, of women. So you've got this, this, the, the, the woman, and you'll see what you can see the, on the cover. If you, if you look this up, that that's the character. Um, and again, it's wordless, so she doesn't have a name, but, but it, it starts off where she is a baby sitting on her parents' lap and her parents are, her mom is, is a relatively large woman, kind of heavy set. And she's sitting there nude on a love seat with, uh, with, with, the baby on her lap and then the husband is sitting next to her and he's a bit smaller and his face is drawn more like, um, like a mouse's face or even maybe a wind up monkey type of face. And he's he's dressed and they're sitting in a little family portrait. And then you get a bunch of, of thumbnail sized, uh, mini comic drawings of the three of them living their life. So, uh, through the first few pages, you have the daughter nursing, off the mom's breast while the husband is doing other stuff. And she's just every scene she's nursing, nursing, nursing. And, and, and the, the girl's getting larger and larger and larger. And the dad's he's smoking a pipe. He's reading a paper. He's bored. He, he leaves the house and it goes on and on. But where it starts getting pretty crazy is, uh, she breastfeeds all the way to adulthood. Like as they as the as the pages go on, I mean, she's still sitting on the lap, still still breastfeeding, but she's now a full grown woman. Mm. And then it's and her mom's getting older. And then at some point, she you see like exclamation marks from her head, like a, which would signal a, alarm. And you see a, a thought bubble, and it's it's a breast with a teardrop, a milk drop. With by the way, why do I always why am I talking about breast milk so often? I was <laughs> just gonna say, did you have you noticed that so, you know so nuts. You have, totally you have to say titties then. No, I'm not going to. This okay. doesn't warrant, warrant that. It's not, this book is not pure all. Gotcha. Um, and, and she's like, I, there's no more milk, mom. And so her mom throws her hands up like, well, what are you going to do? So she says, and, and she has a, she's like, she's like, and it's a picture of, of with the, the door of their house. So she's like, get the fuck out. So, you know, this symbolizes like at some point you, you, you have to get off your parents. Teeth. There you go. And, and go out into the world. So her mom, blindfolds her and and leads her by the hand outside of the house for the first time seemingly through through the forest over a bridge and gets to a point and she kisses her on the cheek and just runs off and our 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 heroine is is now just in the world by herself naked with with no safety net of her mom or her dad and she trips and falls and hurts herself and screams for her mom and her mom's not there and she has to figure out what to do so she runs around until she slams into a, a a naked dude. They're all naked in this book, and uh, and and says, "Oh, it must." Be. She's still got her blindfold. She's like, "Oh, it must be mom." 
and they walk off together into the forest and uh, to what I presume is supposed to be his house. It's a, it's a tree and they're, they're, they're cohabitating inside of the tree and uh, it symbolizes her, her first relationship, her first adult sexual relationship. And then at the chapter breaks, it's, it's pictures of her dad and her and what would be memories of him. Like in one, it's, it's her as a little kid, just, just holding onto his feet as he would walk. And then, uh, him shaking her off and her getting mad, and then others. It's just different memories of her father. And then the next chapter, she's she's um, you know chasing a, a. She hears a bird singing, and she and the bird's throwing rocks at her. So she chases after the bird, and she finally captures it, and she just starts eating it. Uh, and in another chapter, she comes across a kind of an evil looking guy that looks like Zorro, and he's got he's tending to a garden, and she sees the flowers in the garden, and, and the flowers remind her of of breasts. So she, she's thinking, oh, those are interesting. And then he's clipping them, and in the in the arch, he's actually like literally clipping female breasts off the ground, like they're plants, and puts them in a wheelbarrow and 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 uh, starts making uh, a pie out of it. And so she's freaked out by that. And then he chases after her, and that's I think that symbolizes a bad relationship and an abusive relationship. And uh, suddenly the uh, the the plants rise up and kill him, beat him to death, and save her. And so. She hops the fence and trying to escape. And as she's hopping the fence, there's a giant sunflower. And the sunflower is like, oh, wait, take me with you. You know, like, and this is all wordless, but he says, take me with you. And it's a word balloon. And so she, she clips him and takes him with her and they run away together. And, uh, and he's very grateful. And, but she goes back into the forest and he, he needs sunlight. So he's dying and wilting. And she's like, what's the matter? And finally he explains her, I need, I need sunlight. And she's like, well, there is no sunlight here. So he's just about dead. And what does she do? She sticks the stem of his sunflower into her vagina. My girl. For moisture. moisture. She lays back, and suddenly they are in bliss. She's happy, and he's happy. And, uh, again, it's sexual compatibility, right? A good, healthy sexual relationship. Uh, And then it goes from there, where they're together, and then something draws her attention away from him, and she meets somebody else, and then... She's with that person, and then that person loves music, and they share that together, and they have sexual relations and orgasms together where the the musical notes are intertwining between them. But then because he hears other music, he gets drawn away from her to a bunch of of sirens who are also playing music, and he has a threesome with them. And you know that symbolizes someone that you love but can't stay faithful to you. And it just goes and goes from there. And it's it's basically a woman's – it's a journey from, from, from 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 infant to to adulthood and the natural course of, of, of life in this case, a woman's life of good relationships, bad relationships, you know, healthy interactions with friends. Uh, when you have to leave friends, when, when you have to move, it's just, it's just done in such an artful way. Uh, and the, the art is arresting. The, the characters are, are frightening. They, they could be, they could be characters that would be in a nightmare, but, but the story is not nightmarish, right? It's, it's just really about a journey and, and it, it, it eventually leads to her wearing a dress after being naked for most of the book and uh, running into her father, who she hadn't seen in a long time. And he's old and feeble now. And uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful book in its in its in its way. And uh, but but visually arresting. And uh, I'm thrilled to have discovered it thanks to Amazon. I got a shot at Amazon on this one. I didn't even know this book existed or not for Amazon. But um, it's also very short. It's 80 pages. And it's a $15 cover price. Um, and I don't think you can get this from our friends at Discount Comic Book Service. 
as well as I'd be telling you to order it there. So I think you you should order it from Amazon. It's like ten bucks there. But it's it's wonderful. It's and it's a it's a hour long read. Maybe it's it's really terrific. It's one of those little surprises that I. It's so nice to find a book that you didn't know existed a week ago, and then the next thing you know, you're you, you like it so much you want to talk about it on the show. Yeah, you know I spend more time with the wordless stuff than I do with stuff with dialogue balloons because the, the fact that there's no indicators or, or no um, rock solid words to push the narrative, I have right. to pay more attention. And I, I go through each panel very slowly. Like it'll take me a lot longer to, to read in, in quotes, a, a wordless comic than it would be to read an average um, comic or a graphic novel far, sure. far more time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So two thumbs up for Canopy. I'll give you a thumb. Here, make it three. Nice. All right. Um, well, I don't want to bring us down, but I, I have something from Aftershock. It's called The Replacer. And it was written by Zach Thompson, illustrated by Aruna Susini. Now, Dap knows of this man's work because he read Made Men. That's right. And uh, Mr. Sussini illustrated that. Color art by D. Conniff and letters by the wonderfully named Marshall Dillon. So the book, it's an OGN, by the way. And uh, the cover is amazing because it's styled to look like a videotape sleeve from, from the 90s. And uh, it's very appropriate that the cover is styled to look like a videotape sleeve because Dad, and his name is Gary, Dad is a cineste, much like myself, who revels in horror and sci-fi and exploitation movies, and he has shelves of videotapes, and he has the best audio equipment and, and video equipment that the time would afford Unfortunately, and they make a very explicit note within the, the narrative of saying this, that, yeah, when Dad got that extra big TV that we didn't really need, uh, the family had to do without for a week. And um, Dad is, he he's so um, immersed in the, the, the film culture that sometimes, well, he lets um, the real world... Uh, fall by the wayside uh, and himself he's overweight uh, sweatpants you know uh, but when the story opens it, it's in the midst of a, um, a snowstorm a massive snowstorm and you, you have the nuclear family you have dad which his name's gary mom um kendra mom is is very religious um the jesus is mom's crutch and he helps her through life um and she's very close with the the pastor and it just so happens that this nuclear family they have two kids a girl and a boy uh rachel who's the older and marcus is is young he's about nine nine years old eight nine years old um they're they're eating dinner the lasagna and you know they're doing what average families do you know the two kids are fighting over the the piece of lasagna with the crusty bits on the end of it mm. you know and mom's like come on we got to get through this meal because we got to go to the church and and dad's like oh i, I, I don't know um oh, oh all right and and marcus who's who's eating the, the lasagna he vomits 
And he's like, mom, I don't feel so good. And dad's valiantly says, well, you know what? You and, and Rachel go and I'll stay with, with Marcus. And I'll make the kid feel okay. Well, little does mom know that dad and Marcus cooked up this plan far beforehand in order to not have to go to church. Right? So we're just going to stay home in this snowstorm and watch horror movies. And you can pick it. And God bless this kid. He picks Godzilla versus the sea monster. Right? And, and, um, Gary's explaining the movie to his son. And he has a little bit of a spell during his, his soliloquy. And he's, he's, you know, he's got to sit down and he's clearly not right. You know, Marcus falls asleep and he wakes, the kid wakes to a nightmare. Gary is all contorted on the recliner and his body is bent at weird, weird angles and he can't feel his legs and, and he's shifting and bending as if he's controlled by another source than himself and he's got this, this weird disjointed speech and he's going chick, chick, chick and he's trying to say something and, and uh, Marcus goes up to him and the dad throws the kid a- across the room. And, and he, he had a screwdriver in his pocket. Um, Gary also likes, uh, video game stuff. So he was doing something at the kitchen table and the wife said, Gary, get that damn screwdriver off the kitchen table. It's not even paid for yet. So he takes the screwdriver, puts it in his sweatpants and that leads to this scene. So in the middle of this fit that Gary's having, he takes the screwdriver and he jabs it into his neck and the kid is just like, well, what, what, what do I do? So, so uh, he dials 911 and, you know, the, 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 the EMTs come and it, it's, it's um, concluded that Gary had a stroke. But Marcus doesn't believe that because Marcus saw a demon diddling with his father. This, mm. this multi, it, it's an anthropomorphic creature, but... Its arms have arms that come out of its arms. Like there's out of the thing's shoulder, there's another arm. And out of the, 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 the uh, bend in his arm, there's another arm. Like he's got arms and legs just coming all out of his appendages. And the, the creature has no mouth, but it has a, a funnel shaped head. And there's eyes all around its head. It's got millions and millions, well, not millions, but lots, lots of eyes, right? So, so they take, Gary to the to the hospital and he's going chick 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 and Marcus is like what there, there's something controlling my dad this is this is not right so a long rehabilitation process Gary comes home and the guy must have dropped at least 50 pounds like he is a, a shadow of of his former self and they they he he's he needs all these devices now in order to just make it through the day he's got a um a breathing, uh, he's got a trach, first of all. He's got a hole in his throat that if, you know, that wasn't there, he would have died, right? So he's got a, he's got a trach in his throat. and he's, This was advertised at the end of um, uh, Mary Shelley, wasn't it? I believe it was. I, because I, as soon as you said the trach, because it all sounded sort of familiar, but I was flipping through the previews, and yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, he's got a breathing thing, and he's yes. got a, a yeah. like a... Um, uh, a sleeve for his his leg I that, an OGN. That's that okay. enables I'm him sorry. yeah to, no it's fine enables him to bend and he he has he needs constant care right so mom has to work double shifts so the kids 
you're like, you know, you got to watch dad because, you know, dad, dad's in a bad way and we have to bring him back out of this. And one night, Marcus takes a look at dad's trach and inside the trach, he sees the demon. And the, the, um, nobody will, especially his sister, Rachel, she's not believing any, she's like, you're fucking crazy. Dad had a stroke. There's no demon controlling dad. It's, it's, it's not. Dad, dad is just, this is just biology. This is what happened. Dad was out of, uh, out of shape, overweight, didn't do anything. He was, you know, so th- you had to expect this to come, right? And the kid's not buying it, you know? And, uh, they have a, a party for him when he comes home. He has to be fed. He can barely feed himself. You can't feed him too much or he'll, he'll choke, right? So they're, they're feeding him at the party and he, <coughs> he starts to cough. And everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, let's keep an eye on this guy. And the demon comes out of the trach in his throat and crawls down his body. And he was in a wheelchair, crawls down his body. And he's, he's in this, the midst of this party with all these people. And Marcus is like, are you people freaking blind? Look at this thing. There's a demon in here. And, you know, of course, nobody can see it. Um, and the, the pastor who, is there to lend his support to the family because, you know, at least mom and, and reluctantly the, the rest of the family are churchgoers and he, she confides in the pastor and he, he got into a bad accident early in the, in the graphic novel and he's on the men too. And, and he's at the party and Marcus, the demon positions itself between the P, the priest and Marcus. So Marcus is pointing and he's like, look at what's in front of you. It's a demon. And, he's pointing at the priest because the demon's behind the priest and the people are just like, that's not, that's not a demon. That's, that's a fa- father. And it just so happens that the wound that the, the priest got earlier, his leg snaps and he keeps saying demon, demon. The guy's reciting the, our father to protect himself. And mom's like, what in the frig is wrong with you? That's this, this, this priest is helping us and, and you're, you know, you're calling him a demon. And, and he, so the kid is like distraught and he's like, you know what? To his sister, Rachel, he's like, you're going to take me to the library tomorrow. Don't tell mom and dad. I won't say anything that you leave your room at night when you don't think anybody's paying attention because you're going out the window. So I won't tell mom and dad that you leave if you take me to the library. So the kid starts, um, researching demonology. Right, and and he sees that there's a demon in this book that's very similar to what he thinks is working on his dad, and it's 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 called it's it's very hard for me to pronounce. I'm gonna screw it up, but Jikinini, no Jikininki. So he he finds this demon, and and what these demons do, they prey on the the tortured spirits of the greedy or the selfish or the impious, and it's very explicitly shown in the beginning of the book that dad is very self-centered and he likes to indulge and he doesn't like to go to church and he spent a lot of money on um, audio video equipment that the family didn't have you know so he's self-indulgent right when it comes to the movies and the fandom and so the kid finds another name that could solve dad's problem which is sebgaki Right, and there's an exorcist vibe to this thing, because the only way you can get rid of this demon is if it inhabits somebody else, and they take the demon away, or you kill the possessed. So, how do you save this guy? Right. 
and it, the the rub is that the demon is inhabiting his father, and and Gary is mending very quickly. He's so far advanced. Like he's there's a point in the graphic novel they never thought he'd walk again. That he's walking assisted but he's still walking right mm-hmm. and he's mending very quickly and it's it's implied that the demon is bolstering his health in order to consume him whole and replace him the demon wants to inhabit um an able body not a feeble borderline vegetable so it's it's increasing his health in order to to consume him and take him over right so it, it, it proceeds apace, and again, nobody will believe Marcus. He's at odds with his mother. His mother sends him to counseling uh, with the priest at first, and that doesn't go anywhere. And then she she tries to send to, to, to get some kind of psych evaluation on this kid and maybe see like what's going on. But um, he watches his dad's movies to get uh, information on on how to best. This creature, he watches The Exorcist, of course, and he watches The Shining and Evil Dead and, um, you know, right straight to my heart, right? So, and he's trying to perform an exorcism on his dad and, and dad falls out of bed and breaks his arm. Um, and the sister, you know, comes in. She's like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? You, dad just broke his arm. And so, Obviously, if if dad's not all that mobile, if the arm gets infected, he's going to lose the arm. And it just spirals out of control. And you see this family break down like mom has no idea what to do because this this Marcus is is really I mean, there's trouble here. This kid is clearly not right because how can her husband be possessed by this demon? And the sister starts drinking. I mean, she can't be more. She's a minor, but she starts drinking and coming home drunk and. It all spirals out of a real-life incident with Zach Thompson. His father had um, a malady, and and he dealt with it much the same way that Marcus does, in that the disease replaces not only the stricken or the afflicted, right? It's not his dad anymore. The Mm -hmm. The dad that he loved was a certain thing and now after he's had this stroke he's not that same dad anymore he's been replaced but so has marcus the kid that marcus was before dad got his stroke is not the same marcus he's been replaced and zach thompson said i wrote this thing in order to purge and to 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 express like what happens in these situations when we are shifted from what we were into what we are now and and it's you can't control it you can't predict it but we we're we're constantly replaced by things that impart upon us in 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 our life like disease or 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 the death of people or you know you lose your job and you're not you're definitely not the same person before but i hate to equate losing your job with death or or right or or a stroke but i mean it's, it's 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 in the same neighborhood and the the thing I liked best about this OGN was it's left very ambiguous at the end. Like there's a a pinnacle where Dad and Marcus confronts Dad, and he's gonna kill him. He is gonna kill him to relieve um, the burden of of this demon from from his life. And he it 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 comes down a road, let's just say, and and it's it's resolved 
to in a sense but it's still left ambiguous like was this really a demon or did marcus manifest this demon in order to deal with his father's affliction like it there was there was a shell in a chair that everyone was telling him was his father but it's clearly not his dad there's something working on him this can't be my father there must be a demon inside of him right so i thought it was great um the, it's it's like I said, it's not a feel good book. It it does end on an upswing, but it's still not like the, Marcus is still not the same person he was. Mm-hmm. But I um, mean, I thought it was wonderful, and the art is really well done. Um, mostly because uh, I think the demon is atypical. It's not something that I uh, I've seen it. It, it's in, not in execution, but in design, it's very Wrightson-esque. But um, Sassini's not Wrightson, right? And he, right. he and he doesn't approach it the same way. But it, man, it was great. It's moody and atmospheric, and it it, it pushes those buttons. Like if you're going to drop The Exorcist and and The Shining, and Dad is immersed in this film culture, like that was my inroad. But it just took me away after that. It just, you will feel for this kid. And and even dad, you know, um, it's it's great. So if you uh, want something off the beaten path and a, a challenging, I, I would say it's a challenging read it, mm-hmm. because not everything is spelled out for you. And, you know, there's people that don't like that. I want to know, was it really a demon? Was it not a demon? Well, you don't know at the end of this. You can draw a conclusion, you know, but it, it's still up to you. If you want to interpret it as a demon, then great. Um, it's it was phenomenal. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. It, totally unexpected too. It's not something I planned for. It fell into my lap, and I said, "Huh, yeah, that looks like a videotape sleeve. I'm gonna read this thing." And Same I, I, I really liked it. Yeah. So take it away. There has to be more. Has to be. Um. Yeah. When I said I didn't have anything really happy, it's because I'm still reading. Um, the Nate Powell book come again and that's i don't want to say it's slow going but there's i like style i like the artwork um i do believe i gave that thing so i'm sorry i gave that in a care package oh did you really i did yeah did you like it i don't remember it i read it obviously but i I, uh, I to be honest i don't remember i I mean i'm i'm how many pages and this isn't what i'm going to talk about it. i just um i'm um a handful of pages in more than a handful um and i'm kind of like still maybe waiting for something to happen it's so far it's all just been one really long setup so um i didn't consume it like i did sabrina but um he's a monster and, talent i like his yeah, absolutely his yeah. and and so i don't i can't talk about that yet but um i took a break only because i wanted to I needed something else, uh, and I caught up with um, Naomi because I have to laugh at at how much the this first issue is is fetching, or at least was. I don't know if it still is, but um, I read up to issue five where we pretty much get the reveal of um, who she is or where she's from, um, and what I found really interesting in the fifth issue. All the, so far, all the issues, and I don't have, I don't have a copy of Dial H right next to me. I'm trying to find out if, um, no, because Young, Young Justice 
Okay. What's interesting about Naomi is that the um, the word balloons, the font used is that um, lowercase Warren Ellis Ultimate Universe style. And that's the way everybody's talking here where Naomi lives. In the fifth issue, when we get her origin explained, um, I'm going to jump around a little bit and there are going to be some spoilers here. So um, she is not from this earth, this universe. Um, But the earth she is from, the word balloons, they're all in all caps. And just like, you know, the regular DC universe. And, and I'm not sure, but this earth obviously does have a Superman because he was in the first issue. So I'm, I may be reading too much into it with the whole word balloon thing. And, and, and that maybe things just aren't as clear as they may have appeared initially, as far as maybe her involvement in the DC universe, because the earth she is from, there's pretty much nothing left. There was, there was a, there was a crisis. They call it the crisis. And, um, kind of like Krypton where, you know, there were problems that were going to happen with earth, uh, starting with the ozone layer depleting and, and, and radiation, um, altering the people on the planet. Uh, 29 were granted powers, almost godlike powers and kind of unique different powers, but it was a double page spread, which reminded me some of the characters, looked as though they were from Dakota and, and it wasn't the big bang, but um, it was still kind of a weirdly neat visual. Um, Cause the main big bad kind of reminded me of Holocaust and he isn't, but um, still kind of looked that way. Anyway, the, um, the real big bad, the, the, there was one person who was granted his power, who was, um, on the day of the crisis, he was on his way to the electric chair for mass murder. So of all the people on the planet to, uh, to get the powers of the God, they gave it to this, this terrible broken person. And, um, apparently my man's a little unhinged, obviously, but he, um, he, he just, he wants to, either destroy or rule whatever's left. And, and he's destroying things left and right. Um, the good guys are trying to stop him and it's just been a huge mess. So Naomi's parents send her to this earth and where she, when she lands, when, when she gets here, when she materializes in, in this football field, um, the person who finds her, there were two people who found her, one of them was this guy, D, who is a mechanic in this town. Um, the other guy is um, is the person who ends up becoming her um, adopted father. What I like about this whole thing so far is that Bendis and Walker kind of <laughs> deliberately... Um, not so much muddled or confused you, but it was just, it was, it was interesting the way this all came together. Her father, her adopted father is from Ran and D, um, is from Thanagar. And so, uh, 
he came, her father came to earth to uh to track d down um but he also kind of got used to the way of this world and and this life and he fell he fell in love with with a woman who an earthling and they've been living their life and when when naomi shows up as a baby D's like, listen, I got too much shit going on in my life right now. I can't, I can't take care of a baby. I'm, I'm barely holding myself together. So, um, her, uh, her, her father says, like, oh, you know what? Then that's, that's fine. Oh, we'll, we'll take care of her. So, what confused everything is obviously her father's an alien. She wasn't sure if that's why she's different, but no, it's just that he's an alien. She's from another universe, and that's where. Um, I think Bendis and Walker were purposely kind of um, throwing everybody off with things, but it's um, Campbell's art is still absolutely fantastic. Um, but the end of the fifth issue, and I, and and it it wraps up at least the first season, the first arc wraps up with with the sixth issue. Um, fifth issue ends with with a hell of a cliffhanger because I don't know how. Naomi's going to get out of this situation um, because she's she just found out she has, she has no idea how her powers work. She doesn't even know what her powers are, um, but uh, she's going to have to face something that uh, that she's never had to deal with before, and um, it's probably not going to be pretty. I don't I I'm not sure if I should expect the happy ending with with the end of the sixth issue, but yeah, I. Um, I read the last couple of issues and, and I, I got a, got a kick out of it. I, it, there, there was a little bit of a lull after the, uh, after, after the first issue or two, but, um, but it ramped up as, uh, as we're nearing the conclusion of this arc. But, uh, I think the double page spreads are stunning. Not, not a whole lot of. I mean, it, it can be wordy at times, but uh, they're definitely letting Campbell's art um, do the heavy lifting. And I mean, I, I still have questions. I don't know if they're going to be answered with the sixth issue, but it, it's it's kind of a neat little. Um, I kind of want to call it a diversion from everything else that I'm reading, just because I don't know what is it, it. It's under the Wonder Comics imprint, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it has anything to do. With Young Justice, not that Wonder Twins or Dial H has anything to do with those either, but it's um, it's it's kind of its own little thing right now. It doesn't, aside from the appearance of Superman, it's not like uh, it's it's not as steeped into DC as as I think the solicits initially led me to believe. Like as if she's the future or the rest of the DC universe hinges on her. That's kind of the feeling I got when they announced the title. And that's not anything close to how, unless there's a lot of things going on between panels that I'm missing, that's that's not the impression I've been getting with the past couple of issues. But just reading it from start to finish, as it's been coming out, um, it's it's been quite a bit of fun. And again, I, I don't know where Bendis ends and, and, and Walker begins. I don't know if they're bouncing each, things off of each other. I, I don't know if it's like a James Patterson book where, you know, someone else is really doing it and Bendis just has his name on it, but it's, it's, um, it's a bit of fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed it initially immensely. 
like I said, it 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 kind of simmered a little bit, but uh, it's ramped up these past couple of issues, and and now I'm remembering why I enjoyed at least the first issue so much. So yeah, I'm I'm I like it when I can kind of just step away from something, come back and and kind of get that uh, that that spark reignited. Neat. Good to hear, because I yeah I lost the narrative on that one. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and it, and I don't think that I don't really think that that's I don't want to say unexpected, but yeah, I I definitely I get it because because I kind of did too, and when I went back to it, mm-hmm. um, that's when that's when I think it just it was almost like we we kind of didn't maybe need some things as as a, like you know when when a TV show has a few episodes too many in a season, things like that. I think they, like they, any they, Netflix they show. <laughs> yeah. They could have maybe streamlined it a little bit more, but, um, but I, I, I respect the, uh, the attempt. Nice. Yeah. I look at your lists on, uh, and this is going to lead to a question, by the way, a okay. uh, little fun, little thing. I um, look at your lists on the slack of your, your current reading. Mm-hmm. And and you're both hurting my heart because I don't see a book on there, and I, and I want to get into it so bad, and it's not on there. And this will lead right into my question: If you had to pick right now, tomorrow uh-huh. was the eleven o'clockers. Favorite okay. ongoing? What would your choices be? Oh, geez, I don't know. I'd have to give it a lot of thought. I right off the top of your head, what 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 would be um, your, your your favorite ongoing right now? Action comics. Okay. Uh, geez, I um, I don't know. You put me on the spot here. I, I um, oof, I really don't. Um, mm, no. I just, I just don't know. I, I let me. I'll, I need a minute. I don't know. All right. Well, and then I'll finish the uh, the question posed at the beginning, or not the the mystery posed at the beginning, because mm-hmm. I don't see criminal on your damn list. No, you don't. And I and I have. Well, it's just because. We talked about the issues I've read so far. There's only four of them. Right, but we talked about the two I've read, so they're not on the list. Oh. I haven't read through and them. I And I need to, yeah, and, and so do I. So I have to, I'm, which is why it's not on there. But I, Vince, you know what? I will, and I said this, I think, a couple weeks ago. I, oh, shoot, loader downstairs. I will. I will read them for next time. I promise you. Cool. Well, I would love for you guys to finish Murder Falcon, because I've been asking for a few weeks. So I've, so I've, uh, I'm, I'm a, quarter through that well eight is it eight coming in my box so when eight comes i'll read it but um yeah for my money i don't think there's a better comic out there than criminal right now Hmm. it's it's so good it's that good which is why i'd be able to first of all there are a couple reasons why that wouldn't come to mind for me as my favorite ongoing is because i haven't read everything that's come out yet and there hasn't been we know we know what Ed and Sean can do. We've, we've, we've been reading it for years. So, uh, well, as this is just a continuation of that criminal universe, um, there hasn't been enough in this volume. And I don't even, maybe I'd feel differently. Like maybe I'd feel like you, if I'd read all four issues, you will, mm-hmm. you will I'd be able to say, you know, yes, this, this is definitely, this is what every it's been four issues. And this is what every other comic has to beat. Whereas 
you asked me my favorite ongoing, it's going to be something that's had some some road under its wheels. And, and that's right now, again, because I barely read it, Criminal's not there for me. But I'm sure my mind will change when I talk about it next week. I think it's a brilliant approach because they're jumping around in 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 time. Mm-hmm. And the first one was a done in one. Then you had the two um, Hal Crane issues for what that they're repackaging in Bad Weekend. And right. then issue four was a standalone issue again. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a lot of it is tied to Teague. And they drop a bomb. Because they're in different time frames that in issue four, Teague's dead. And but I mean you knew that was coming, right? If you've if you've read Criminal, they've made allusions to Teague's departure. But in issue five, and I believe six, they're gonna tell the story of how Teague died. Mm. Yeah. It is he, I think he's doing they're both doing uh a phenomenal work on this book. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's raw and it's vicious and it's dirty and, and everything you would expect with a name like Criminal, right? But he, and it's also tied into into comics, comics making, comics production, issues two and three anyway. Oh, it's just, uh, I sweat when I read it. It's so damn good. Right. Like, how can two human beings produce a creation on the level of, of this? It's just, I'm, I'm glad it exists. But I mean, if I had the formula, I'd be doing it too. It's, mm-hmm. It just blows me away, every issue. That's great. Uh, I think the answer would have to be Deadly Class for me, but um, but a lot of my other cat- uh, candidates are, are coming to an end. Uh, East of West is almost over. Black yeah. Science is almost over. Uh, so, yeah, it's, as, as I said last week, it's it's an odd time for me right now with the with the, the big two books. I, I uh, again, I'm not going to diss War of Realms. Seems a lot of people are enjoying it, but for me, it's just I'm at that point in my life where I just uh, have no interest in even the books that I, I've been enjoying. I just have no interest in reading them now that they're tying into this event that is going to be totally inconsequential in three months. I just uh, I'm not going to get into a fiftieth rant like we've had about event comics. I just for me, it's just the, Big two superhero books are just way, way low on my on my interest list right now. I mean, I'm reading a bunch, and again, I'm not disliking them per se, but but I don't, I'm not, I'm not in love with any of them to the point where, like even depths. I mean, I, I like I think Action's an excellent book. That that's that and Silencer are probably my favorite DC books right now outside of Tom's Batman, and I, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put any of those in deadly class category for me. Hmm. American Carnage is only. It's to me. It's still early to yeah. call that. I mean, it's, the quality's been there for sure, I, but it's still relatively early. Middle in West run. is six issues in. Seven, seven today, but seven yeah. Seven, so seven, but yes, right. That's that's still early. So yeah, no, I don't know. I just it, if I would if we had the eleven o'clock right now, it, it would be deadly class with a, a runaway for me. Hmm. Well, if I had to pick a big two book as my favorite ongoing, I would probably go with Doctor Strange. Yeah, see, and that's but another I, one where yeah, it, I'm behind you know, that. I mean, I, I've, exactly. Yeah, I've enjoyed very much what I've read of that. I just, but I'm probably five issues behind. Yeah, I mean, I love Immortal Hulk. I think it's phenomenal, but there's something about this incarnation of Doctor Strange that I like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Well, there's another book. I'm I'm probably three, four issues behind on that. So I, I'm very much enjoying Immortal Hulk, but I'm I'm a couple months behind on it. So is it true that it sells more than Batman? 
It, it did, did for that one issue. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not fair. That is not fair. That's correct. a blip. It's blip. That is correct. So what do you hey, got? Hey, you know what we got to do? Well, we, you know what we got to do? What do we got to do? We got to do a couple shout outs. We do. We do. And I did not put them on the Slack because I'm an ass, but yeah, go for it. Well, yeah, so I believe the, um, if I recall, you the last shout-outs we did were to uh, uh, Hawken, Demiglu, and, right, I believe you, sh- yeah, you shouted him out last. Yes. So um, going by that, we owe a couple shout-outs to um, Mr. Joel Swain, who you may have shouted out with Hawken, I can't remember. But either way, you're getting a second shout-out if we already did. Uh, so shout-out to you, Joel. Uh, a returning shout-out. Our man Dick Master Flex, Jimmy yes. Dick. Yes. Back, back in the circle of trust. It's good to have you. We so, missed you. Missed you indeed. Dick Master. Uh, and and last but certainly not least, uh, a new a new patron as of today. Um and we'll have to get his last name because normally when for those that don't know, when you sign up on Patreon, you normally give your first and last name, and uh hence the ability for us to shout you out. In this case, he just put himself in as Mark. So thank you, Mark. And uh, if you're listening, we will be hitting you up to get your full name, if, if for nothing else, then so that we can do the care package and all that stuff. Yeah, though. I mean, it might be on it might be on the spreadsheet for the care package. This might just be his display name. Yeah. It could be Mark that, Mark that Ruffalo. True, yeah. He don't want to, but you know, that's true. Be. Call attention to himself. And, so. and I know it's not at the shout out tier per se, but I got to give a little love to our man Sean Pryor, who is a patron again. Yes, yeah. it's, it's nice to have a friend jump in there. So who doesn't love him? Seriously, oh, for real though. So is is the the hush hush period over? Can we not talk about Endgame now? No, hilarious. No, I'm <laughs> um, serious. We talked like five yeah, minutes of like can... four four weeks now. Yeah. Sure. I mean, is there more to talk about? Well, we we didn't because when we had Matt on. No, but I mean, do we? Re- I mean, is there really value in dissecting a movie that everybody that's listening to this has seen already? I, I, like, oh, we can get giddy. I mean, payoff. Okay. Cap getting the friggin' hammer. I'm like, like a what? woman leaving, man. Like for me, it's it's come and gone, but that's cool. Well, it's because you're hype beast, but exactly. <laughs> No, I just think that one that one damn scene made the entire movie for me. I that's told you that's that's, cool. that's a scene that got that got my ten year old salty, right? Well, that shouldn't he shouldn't be, but that's okay. He's only ten. Listen, he's, he's ten. What are you going to do? Right, right. Took that's him a, out of it. I was like, don't worry, man. It's all right. And it you is. know, I, I guess I was totally immersed because I didn't see it coming. Really? No, really? I did not wow, see really? it. You didn't see you didn't see Age of Ultron. Yeah, well, no, I did, I saw that, but I'm just saying, like I okay, yes, it, the seed was planted, but I didn't see it in that particular oh, instance. Okay, okay, right, right, right. And you. because okay. I was I was trying right. to, oh, I that's... was looking around, trying to see what's going on in the background. Yep. All these things yep. are fighting. There's giant Ant Man tromping across people, and there's there's shit going down. And all of a sudden, the calf's got the hammer. I was like, oh my god. Yep. And Vinny goes, <laughs> how could that be? I said, dude, like, shut I up. I, 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 I told the guys that um, I saw it. Well, yeah, no, I told you guys that I, I saw it with um, a legit group of fantastic 
theater. I mean, it was a midnight showing, and yeah, like it, it, it reminded me of when I would go see Rocky Horror. Everybody was just into it, and at at the right beats, nobody nobody was mean or rude. Or if everybody, if, if someone was cheering about something, someone else might clap about it. No one said to shut up or you know pipe down. It was just, it was a fantastic experience. But no, there were there were moments. I mean, and my wife especially. I mean, whenever um, there was something that you know she just that reminded her of past uh, events from any of the other movies. It was just it. I she loved it. The people I saw it with that I didn't even know, complete strangers I was with, loved it. It was. But there were moments throughout that just. I, and, and my brother finally saw it this past weekend. He got emotional. He sends me texts. He's like, bro, he's like, I can't even. He's, he's just, I know. And, and he's um, he's asked me questions about Gamora. So, like, where was she? Because she was, you know, because she was the soul stone. I was like, whoa, what? Like, my brother's getting all deep and shit. I'm like, I didn't even know, like, you kind of pick up on that for the first time around. But he, he was asking questions, and, and it was just, no, I, I'm with you, though, Vince. It was, yeah. I still want, you know, there's still things that to this day, Weeks later, I'm still like, oh, that was cool. And and I just, yeah. But now that the dust has settled, and, and I, I, you know, we're all on record. We, we've very much enjoyed the movie. Um, it was an event in the truest sense of the word because it mimicked the, the Marvel Comics formula for events, right? A, a huge buildup, and here's your event, and everybody's in it, and you're going to love it, and, and we did. But now that the dust has settled... I think the it's it's a it's a very strange beast endgame because you cannot approach the film with a critical eye because if you do it all falls apart. You have a a, a cap, no pun intended, to a twenty two film or whatever it is cycle, and you judge or at least you should judge each each piece of art as its own thing. If you judged Endgame solely as Endgame and not the culmination of 22 movies, it's not a good movie. It's not a good piece of art. I think it's too long. There, There's too much, too many things in it that hinge on other things. It's like, you, do we judge the latest issue of whatever we're reading based on the past 50 issues? No. We judge it on an issue-by-issue basis. You judge it as a piece of art. You can't judge Endgame on its own. It doesn't work. There's too many outside influences on this film to say this was a well-crafted film because you know your narrative is is solid and it and it, it proceeds and and you see the influences and everything, but you can't because there's 22 other movies that need to be included in this film in order for you to just appreciate what's going on. Is that a good film that it it it's predicated by 22 other pieces of art? No, I don't think so, but hypocrite that i am wow this is a great movie because you did experience all of the films do you do you agree At- well i don't think you need to see all 22 to have enjoyed the film because i think the well, box office says otherwise well yeah uh, but no a bunch other, no i'm saying no other movie did close to three billion dollars and right so, right right but but i think with many many pop culture, popcorn movies, this included, a critical eye would suggest they're not 
great films. Right. I, these, none of, very few of these are Citizen Kane, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're asking me, do I think this was a great movie? No, no. I, it was a great experience for me. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm through. I, I, it was every, it was, a, it was totally satisfying to me for what I wanted it to be and what it was. So I got nothing but love for it and I'll have nothing but love for it 20 years from now. But no, but as a, like a movie that would be critically analyzed in a, in a film study class. No, 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 right. Right. That's not what this is. This was an emotional, this was, it was three hours of fan service to, to send us off. And it was basically a, a thank you and putting a bow on, on supporting Marvel for 22 films. Yeah. And, and it's cool because what Marvel has done, Marvel studios has done is they've taken the serial format of, of way days gone by and now they're ridiculously budgeted serials. That's that's and and they're they're much longer than the average serial was too. But it's this, still the same format. It, it, they would get people to go into the theaters because showing with the feature film, you had say Captain America Part Six. You know, it, and and that's they they would be shorts that ran before the main feature, and they would get. Hopefully, you know, it would contribute to your experience in the theater, but there was a, a good amount of people that wanted to see the next part of what happens in this, this Republic serial, right? That's what Marvel's doing now. All of these films, yes, they do have their own narratives, but there's, there's the ongoing, the big picture narrative that they keep dragging along through all these movies, and Endgame was the culmination of all of that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a major win for Marvel. But when you when you look at it in in a historical context, it's nothing new. They just were smart enough to come up with a a winning formula based on you know the way it used to be done a long time ago. And and I think we're all the better for it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if the job of a film, a commercial film, is to entertain the viewer, then it is up there as one of the all time best. I mean, it, it was is very it entertaining. Is either, it is already there, or it's close to being the all time biggest film in history yep both domestically and worldwide so you know people can make fun of titanic all they want they can make fun of avatar all they want but those movies were cultural phenomena they they you you may remember it differently based on your personal view of the film but those were triumphant achievements yeah that that entertained tens of millions of people and that's what this did too yep but they they did it on their own whereas this took a lot of a lot of uh, road work to get to this point. Like Avatar's its own thing. Now, yeah, sure, we're going to have like four of them or five of them, whatever he's doing. But when Avatar came out, that was its own thing. There was no prequels or or things leading up to it. It was what it is. Now with Endgame, you had all these other films that are being stirred into the pot. It's not sure. its own entity. I think though this discussion may be selling it short in a big way because when I think about it. We're in the midst of having just wrapped up the final season of Game of Thrones, and mm-hmm. uh, probably much to everybody's disdain, how much it's been discussed. And it was a season that uh, your mileage certainly varied. Some people hated it. Some people hated part of it and loved another part. Some people loved it. Whatever. Um, I, I don't. You know, I'm on record where I stand on it, but that's neither here nor there. Point being. It seemed as though a, a show that was one of the most beloved of the last decade 
when it came to the final season, had trouble getting the vast preponderance of its fan base to be satisfied with the conclusion. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, that's how it always is. So if we're going to accept that premise in how Game of Thrones final season was interpreted by the fans, largely because of their own expectations for how it quote unquote should have gone, then we got to give Avengers Endgame all the credit in the world because here again is a film that built off 22 other films. Most people saw some chunk of them and by all accounts, nine out of 10 people who have seen the film were very happy with the way they decided to wrap things up. And in today's world, that's pretty hard to do to stick a landing like that. Right. And they stuck a landing for pretty much every film goer in the world. Right. Like nine plus out of 10 people that saw that film came away and said, yeah, it's a good ending. Like they did it. And that is freaking hard to do in today's critical world. That is super hard to do. Yep. Like you get 50% of your fans to be happy with the finale and it's, and it's success. And they've got 90%. Right. So that's pretty goddamn remarkable. No, it's an achievement. It really is. Um, I can't name, I don't think more than five long running series that ended, um, let's just say for lack of a better word, perfectly. Right. Breaking bads at the top of the list. Right. But I, I, you know, there's long running series that ended great. I don't know. Mash. (laughs) <laughs> like what what else i, I can't think of, of too many yeah so yeah kudos to them but but no it's it's i i don't want to denigrate the film it, it's a fun film but so i guess i'll i'll just leave it at that it, it it's its own thing and um when when viewed through the 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 kaleidoscope of everything that came before i thought it was a, a an awesome uh way to cap mm-hmm. off cap off the series well so what were your favorite moments you asked that i, I guess aside from the the cat picking up the the hammer well you know halfway through the film i was a little salty no because there wasn't a whole lot of guardians in it and i thought all right this has to be i think consumed in tandem with infinity war which did have a lot of guardians in it, right? And this wasn't really mm-hmm. their story at this point. I think Quill did all the damage he could possibly do. And then let's show the ramifications of Infinity War and how it all spirals out and, and gets wrapped up. So it didn't really need a whole bunch of guardians. So, I'll, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of gave myself the, the side eye, like, what? You know, it, it's good. But, I mean, um, my favorite parts of the film obviously the uh anything involving peter and and tony was great (laughs) you know and i don't like tony at all well i I should i shouldn't say that i i I like him more now uh i think i think it was a a a great way to elevate this self-indulgent somewhat smarmy character who you know he knows he's the smartest man in the room give or take. And you know, he's, he's the guy you want to be, but you love to hate him. Who doesn't want to be Tony Stark? Right. And, and he would let you know that you want to be him and, and, and he wouldn't, he, he doesn't suffer fools. And yeah, I, 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 I admire the character, but I didn't like him all that much. And I think Robert Downey Jr. did a great portrayal of this character that everyone, um, 
even maybe in the closet respects, but you know, you got to talk shit about him when he's not around because he's so eccentric and, and, and full of himself, but he gets the job done as shown in this movie. So for me, it was a great way to, to at least give a, a somewhat big hug to Tony Stark. Whereas in, in previous movies, he was the least of, of the reasons why I, I was in the seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what was your other than uh, let's just say everybody's favorite scene was Cap getting the hammer, but uh, <laughs> I, I loved the Cap and Peggy scene. I thought that was great. Agree. Yeah. You go. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, I mean, I Big Lebowski Thor just was an unexpected treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that that. It's the when we first meet meet re, or we first back to introduced with him that was great and then to see uh, also him beheading Thanos was fucking legit. I thought it was well, surprising that they did well, that. Of course, right? Because yeah. exactly. I mean, the yeah. movie just started, so you're like, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, I thought that was awesome. Uh, really enjoyed Ruffalo as Smart Hulk, I very much because I, I hated in in. Um, Infinity War, how he just couldn't, couldn't, he had like erectile dysfunction. He yeah, he couldn't get it up. Hulk. Yep. Um, so I, I very much like that he's at peace with himself and, and can do that. Um, I, I teared up when, when, when everybody came out of the, the teleportation spell things and was ready for the war. I mean, when we got that big montage. Oh, I mean, that on was, your left was, yeah. Oh, my God. That, I, was, that's, I mean, I, that, that's, that's, that was me being a 10-year-old kid thinking, yeah. I can't believe I'm, I'm getting to see Cause, this. Cause, and then he finally gets to say Avengers Assemble. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm glad they held that back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, loved, loved my man T'Challa running with the, with the, with the, with the gauntlet. Yep. yep. During, oh, and Spidey, awesome. too. Yeah. Spidey, too. Yeah, Spidey the whole scene. Being attached to Mjolnir as, 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 as yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, uh, I love Tilda Swinton's being in it. Yep, that was dope. that was a nice surprise. Yeah, um, I was really surprised though, especially since you know they um, they should have all been mic'd up together when uh, when Cap sees Cap and says, "Are you shitting me that you didn't hear Tony say language?" Uh um. But I think the, uh, you know, Rocket really tugged at at the strings a lot because he he seemed the most hurt. At, I mean, yes, of course, Black Widow was as well, and 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 she's at 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 base HQ getting all the reports from everybody. But but Rocket seemed the most hurt and and just missing everyone and and. Uh, I just think that the the jumping ahead to five years later surprised me. Um, nice nod to the Legion. <clears throat> <laughs> That's exactly why they did it. Um, I just, yeah, no, I, and and there's so much of it that was just. A, I love when when Cap gets on the the elevator, and I'm thinking, oh, are they just going to redo this? Oh, scene? yeah. But then you're like, oh no, they're not. Nice. But, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I thought the Cap versus Cap was. Not a high point for me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it only because it was it was younger Cap, and he's all you know. He's like, ah, damn it, Loki's back, and it was just because um, we knew the present day Cap was was 
going to get the upper hand because mm-hmm. um, it was nice seeing Wanda actually used effectively. Yeah, she held, her, held her own against Thanos. Yeah, I think everybody had some great lines. Everybody who 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 had the opportunity to to, to speak did, uh, you know, because you did have yeah, you know, when when Thanos like I don't even remember you, I don't even know you, and she's like, oh, you will, and and just everybody was, um, everybody seemed to have brought it. Nobody. It, it. I mean, it definitely wasn't phoned in, but I mean, the amount of of people involved on screen, behind the screen, making sure the screens look good. It was, it was a massive undertaking, and and I mean, it, there's, I mean, yeah, you can you can maybe quibble over over the actual story or how um, how great of a capital F film it is, but um, this isn't something I could really just look at one thing about. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. It's I could look at you know crisis number seven or eight specifically and and be kind of distraught over that one issue, but it's still one part of a whole and and like you said, Vince, judging this on its own, it's very easy to to perhaps see the flaws or be able to you know differentiate it between that and and a single standalone movie but it's it's i mean because we you know, we've we judge single issues of of heroes in crisis so it's not like you know we haven't judged that on the whole yet but it's it's still yeah no i i i get it no but the, the whole the whole thing i i'm kicking myself that i still haven't gone back to the theater to see it which maybe we'll do over the holiday weekend but um there was just between between it, you know, capping a a ten plus year run, and just seeing so many things. Because over the past since two thousand eight, we've seen some pretty cool things on screen in the MCU. But but then to just have them give us this, it it was. Beyond blew me away. Yeah. Remember when in Black Panther when you first saw Wakanda and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, remember. Now, now it's like Wakanda. Oh, it's Wakanda. We're in Wakanda yeah. now. It's it's no big thing now. You know, and that's what I admire about the Marvel Universe that they've taken all these, or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that they've taken all these concepts that we've, as fans, have been dying to see on the big screen and we've seen them now. Now it's not, it's no big deal. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. oh, oh, okay. But, and, and now, in, in, what is it, what are they going to call it? Phase five now? The, the, the new movies? We're going to have more of that because we're going to be like, oh, it's Beta Ray Bill. Wow, that's cool. We get to see Beta Ray Found Bill. See Warlock. Yeah. yeah. And in like four or five more movies, we're going to be like, it's no big deal. You know, we've yeah. seen that, which oh, is, and, which and, is cool. Um, I, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I mean, I loved, I loved when Steve hands all, all over, the cap mantle to hell yes to, yeah oh, that, that was good i love that they had that they had especially for comics fans they had winter soldier and sam in the scene so yep. you're sitting there wondering oh who's he going to give it to right yeah and I, uh, I was explaining to some co-workers the whole background there how they have both been recent captain americas and that kind of thing and uh they didn't get it like they didn't that scene didn't mean as much to them sure right um I, in fact i think people that aren't familiar with the comics were including even people in my family were like, wait, I don't understand. Why would he give the shield to, to, to the Falcon? The Falcon's already the Falcon. 
So I get that. But but for me, for us, for you know, having the history, Sam's way more I like I'm 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 Sam Wilson all day over Buffalo, Oh, ride or so. die, yeah. But yeah, especially so. in in the MCU, I mean it makes Sam's Sam's a soldier. And not that not that Bucky wasn't, but Bucky was a Russian assassin for most of his life, whereas Sam is actually and nobody nobody knows who Bucky is. And the dude was, you know, in he, his whole purpose, his whole reason for being was was to be incognito. But but Sam is at least visible. He's he's an Avenger. He's been mm-hmm. an Avenger. So it's just it absolutely makes more sense for for Sam to uh, to have it. And it it was it was a logical choice, especially with the MCU. It was a logical choice. It had had you know Bucky been found sooner or um, you know didn't kill Tony's parents, then maybe there'd be. A um, an argument for for him to get it, but by all means, for for the sake of the MCU, it's it's Sam, and and, and even in the comics, as as cool as you know, the that run was, um, it didn't vibe with me as well as uh, as it did when when Sam was Cap. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I completely understand why um, Cap did it. Why he get? I mean, aside from the fact that you know the Falcon was his right hand man, Bucky's tainted. Exactly. He. Yeah, I mean, no, he. Precisely. Right. He. Yeah. He may have come back from the abyss, but, but still. I, he still didn't. He still didn't earn the shield yet. No, not at all. Not no, at he's going to redeem. I mean, Bucky's got another four or five picture films left in his ten picture deal. Yeah, and, so. and he's doing the show, and and, and the Falcon yeah. and, and Bucky are doing the show together. Mm-hmm. So. No, Sam. Sam's the right choice, and I, and I can't wait to see Sam in the role. I mean, I think it, it, it it's a nice, um, it's a nice nod. It should it's the way, it's the way it should be, right? Yeah. Um, even the I mean, as as tough as it may have been, the uh, the funeral scene I think was done. I just just seeing as the camera pans around to everybody that. Um, it was done well. I, I, I um, you know, it, it, there were there were moments, obviously, in the movie where where you were able to catch your breath and and chuckle, especially when Paul Rudd shows up or Hulk tries to dab. But there were uh, there were the serious moments, and and there were actual legit moments where you know you were it, nothing went smoothly. It, not everything went smoothly, like you know, especially. During the scenes from the uh, from the first Avengers movie, and and Hulk hates stairs, and that that went and screwed everything up. But of course, that that gave us time to go see Howard Stark, and and for uh, for Cap to see Peggy. And I didn't catch it during the movie initially, but um, I didn't hear who Peggy was actually talking about when Steve was watching her through the window. But she mentioned the name Braddock. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, getting back to Vince's opening point, for me, the the if there's a flaw in the movie where I found myself anxious for it to move on, it was the it was the heist going back in time. That 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 felt very kludgy to me, and I didn't. I, I was I, I felt like I was watching a movie that 
versus just being immersed during those scenes, wondering, okay, well, let's get this over with so we can get back to. Oh, it. I yeah, I love that because it it was. I mean, for the most part, it was played for laughs, but I wanted to see what they would do. I, I and and yeah, and and I was legit concerned that you know you you they might bump into each other, which of course, obviously, Cap did. But um, you know, and I may not necessarily love clip shows when when it's on TV, but this I thought. Um, yeah, this I, I I really didn't have a have a problem with that particular aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think I got to side with Jason on that one. That was my least favorite part of the the movie. And for me, the Asgard part was the of of it all. I I didn't need a fifteen minute scene of Thor and and and, and Freya <laughs> talking. I just didn't need it. I didn't need it. I mean, it's great to see Renee Russo again. Shout out, but um, you know, I uh, yeah, just I mean, I didn't I just didn't need that, but. Um, by the way, completely aside from this, uh, you know how comics are supposed to be stupid and and ridiculous, and and we're supposed to embrace it. And this is going to sound absurd, but I tapped out of War of Realms when they made Daredevil the new Heimdall. I, I like, I was like this. I, I don't. I'm like, because I get it. Like he's blind, and so he is the. Like, <laughs> but, but like, I was like, nah, dude, this is ridiculous. I'm like, he's just a human. Yeah, like, yeah that's anyway. Uh, totally aside, but but it's just that's the like if someone's like, oh, why aren't you feeling War of Realms? I'm like, because they made Daredevil the controller of the Bifrost, yeah. and now he's got like the power cosmic. He knows everything. It's oh, just, Lord. yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, I have a stack of them. I I, I haven't read issue one. I mean, I'm just waiting. Listen, for them to... it, it's fine, but that's the thing, right? Events aren't supposed to be fine. They're supposed to be these transcendent moments that get us so hyped for not only the event but the entire connected universe and for me it's like oh it's fine okay cool yeah Malekith's got a bunch of badasses attacking Earth and all the heroes are going to fight them and, and a bunch of different spinoff titles that, and then they're going to find a way to defeat them and we're going to have a new status quo yeah, which is going to be you know, a couple minor shifts of who's on which team and who gets their own books and, and that's that. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, it's when, fun. Like yeah. I said, it's fine. I, I, I don't think it's a bad event. I, I just think events aren't for me anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're good for the industry, but what do I know? Yeah. I don't know. So, all right. More comics. More comics. Yeah. Um, can I surprise you guys? You always do. I read some Flash. That's fascinating that you say that because I have almost read. I that's terrible English. I have read very little Flash comics in my life, but because of some of the love that our EOC peoples have been giving to Flash in our Facebook group, I thought, you know what, I gotta read some Flash, some nice. current Flash. Cool. I haven't done it yet, though. But that oh. Was on my- <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll be totally honest. Um, while I I do love the character more more Wally than Barry, but the concept of the Flash, I love the character, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I have for decades. But the Mark Wade run, I mean, there has been phenomenal runs of Flash that I've enjoyed immensely, and I've I've been away from the character for a while. Um, I can't think of you ever talking about a Flash comic and all the time we've done this. 
Oh, I I was grooving on the Manipole, um, New Fifty Two when it when it started. Yeah. Beyond like our discussion of the first few issues, like we all talked no, about. No, no, not I didn't talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's it. what I mean. Yeah. I'm saying. I remember Chris being a big fan of the Flash, or talking about it at least back in early days of the show when um, I guess was it Wally with the kids? Yeah. With the the superpowered kids. Yeah, that was fun. That was at yeah. the at the very tail end. Yeah. Of the the uh, second, right? The Messner Lobes runs, which would be the second Flash run. Gotcha. Um. So the, uh, the complete um, honesty, the reason why I'm reading it is for the work of one man, and that's Howard Porter. When I when I heard that Porter was going to be drawn this uh, Flash year one, I said, hmm, I guess I got to read it because it's my man Howie. And uh, so illustrated by Howard Porter, and let's see, it's written by... Um, Joshua Williamson and, oh no, sorry, Joshua Williamson wrote it and Howard Porter uh, illustrated it. Now this thing that they're doing, Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter storytellers. Okay. Um, Hi-Fi did the colors. And like I said, it's Flash Year One. And I chuckled when I was reading this thing because the paint isn't even dry on last episode where you said, you know what? DC will not let us forget their characters' origins. How many times have you seen the pearls and the gunshot? Mm-hmm. And the, it, well, it's uh, once again, we get the chemicals, we get the lightning, um, <laughs> but, but there's a reason for it. And, and I had to go back an issue because at the end of 69, Barry comes into the Coast City Police Department, his, his, little, his little room that he does his magic, and there's a character in there. And Barry's like, "There's the train." Yeah, hi. And Barry, Barry's like, w- w- "This is my room, dude. What's going on?" And he, he goes, "Who are you?" And it's this 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 figure in a cloak. And he said, "You know, uh, if I if I had a name, I guess you can call me Steadfast." And Barry says something about the Still Force. So I guess in addition to the Speed Force, there's something now called the Still Force, which I, I'm. Well, it's all different forces now. Yeah, I'm completely unaware of what the Still Force is. But this character, this this steadfast, tells Barry, "Here's the deal, bud." He obviously knows he's the Flash. He said, "You you can't be going backwards. You can't be going back in the past. You have to go forward, because." the the multiverse needs you to keep going forward in order to weather what's coming. And Barry's like, what? And he said, you got to remember. And he hits him with this this light from his eye. And Barry goes back to the time when he was a kid and he's, and he's in his room and he's surrounded by comics and he loves comics and he loves superheroes. And that's where this Batman Year One begins next issue for... We're we're shown the the Flash origin again for a reason. I don't know why, but I guess it's important because Barry's up in in the attic and he's reading Mom's comics and he's like, you know what? I love these comics because it's it's they're awesome because it's it's just classic good versus evil. There's no there's no grim and gritty bullshit or anti heroes or any of that. This is just fun stuff. And I'm like, you go, Barry. You you know what's up, my friend. And uh it's 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 mom. Mom is still alive, and then flash forward, we get Barry fifteen years or yeah, fifteen years later, and he's with the Coast City Police Department. He's on the case, and August is there, 
And I guess August becomes um, a character called Godspeed. And he's a vigilante. And he, I guess he had something to do with the, he, he leached Speed Force. So there was a storm, uh, a Speed Force storm in Coast City. And he became a speedster. And But that is irrelevant in this case because it's just Barry and August on the case. And, and Barry has the insight and in comes Iris West. BT does, before you go on, Godspeed is one of the villains in this season of uh, the TV show The Flash. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yep. Because I don't watch it. Um, and so Iris comes onto the crime scene and, and she's she's playing hardball with Barry, but it's obviously she has some affection for him or she wants to get to know him better. And August is like, dude, dude, good, come on. She, she's throwing herself at No, she's not. Barry's like, I got to solve this case. And uh, or help you solve this case, and it goes into the lab, and we see the lightning, and the 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 chemicals, and and it's really cool because there's a montage of of dad, uh, or we think it's 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 dad, but the the panels are done red and yellow, like Barry's on the table. The, the EMT guys are like, we're losing him, we're losing him, and there's a red panel that says that's my berry which we would assume is mom right and then there's yellow panels which i'm assuming is dad right anta wasn't the the whole thing surrounding mom's murder linked to the the anti-flash right the reverse flash the reverse flash right and yes. why why else would it be yellow Right, but it's it's very canny how they're doing this, right? And it, and Dad says, you know, I murdered your mother, Barry, and we get the whole reason, the the fulcrum that Barry went into what he did was because he wanted to clear his father of any wrongdoing. Right. I mean, this is this is no none of this is really new news, right? Right. But as the issue progresses, Barry's he's trying to to see how fast he can run. He's like, this is pretty cool. Wow, I can make a little run forced. I can make I make a little tornado, and, and uh, he's testing the limits of of these newfangled powers, and he's wearing out sneakers like crazy. There's there's a couple in the corner, then another panel. There's a bigger pan, pile of, of of shoes, and then there's like a mountain of of sneakers in the in the corner. And on the cover, he's he's standing atop a, a mountain, a literal mountain of sneakers. And uh, so he tries to go top speed, and as he's running. You see the speed force start to kick in, and he's enveloped in 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 energy, and he runs, and he he can't control it, but he gets to the future, and Co City is not looking good, or uh, it's Central City. Central City, yeah, is not looking good. There's this character called the Turtle, King Turtle. I, I have no idea what this is. And it looks it looks like a dystopia. Like there's rubble all over. Things are not looking good. They're rounding up people that uh, that don't have this shell on, and it's 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 very perplexing to me because I have no I don't know if this turtle's a new character or or what since I haven't read much of the new run of Flash, but someone shows up at the end, and it, it's an older man. With a beard and a and a mustache, and he's got gray hair, and he's he looks for all intents and purposes like a Flash, and he says, you know, when are you going to learn that that time travel is like bad shit? Stop doing it. And that's where the 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 issue leaves off. And I, and I need I need to know what this whole turtle thing is, because Porter 
and it's just a glimpse, right? It's all mundane, pretty mundane stuff leading up to this. It's it's just ba- basically Barry finding out what happened to him and what he can do with it, and and then he breaks this into the Speed Force, and we're we time travel, and it's like whoa shit has hit the fan how did this happen mm-hmm. and i'm sure for this year one thing this is what we're going to learn like how uh central city w- went down the proverbial toilet but mm-hmm. porter man uh howie does not get enough accolades as far as i'm concerned i i, I follow him on whatever he does whether it's scooby apocalypse or, or whatever and i just think porter the justice league 3000 was phenomenal this is visually it's a it's just amazing and, and I, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm plugged in for at least Flash Year One. I want to see where this goes, or forever how long Porter's doing the title. I'll read it. But yeah, this was fun. Uh, nothing new until maybe maybe the last three pages. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's just a lead-in, so that's all you really need. But I thought it was it was very very entertaining. I That's great. Want you guys to read it, see what's up. Well, I think I haven't because I I can only read Flash's origin so many times. I mean, I know it, and and I guess it's just it's it's a badge of honor that every Flash writer needs to tell his origin. Um. For you, I'll read it, but it wasn't something that I had earmarked to read. I mean, I, I guess there there are subtleties in it, but it's still pretty much by the book. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- they haven't tweaked the formula that drastically where you'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, if 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 Martha Wayne whispered something to bruce before she died or something and that led into a new arc or or new storyline like that would be suspect because it when when you get like a hundred guys that told the the tale before and she didn't whisper then now now Mm -hmm. she now she's doing it like okay you're you're just playing you're not playing fair but uh who knows maybe a good storyline could come out of that i don't know but i'm just like this i've read the flash's origin a bunch of times but this didn't seem forced it just seemed fun it helps that it's so brilliantly illustrated that, you know, sure. it's this massive eye candy for me. Right, right, right. Uh, I think Porter's a, he's a monster talent. and uh, yes. Yeah. And he's gotten uh, stratospheric in, in recent years. Like, there was a time when Howard Porter on a book would make me go, oh, geez, Howard Porter. Underworld Unleashed. Um, like the Morrison JLA stuff, I, I didn't. Right. I didn't think it looked all that great. Exactly. But now, mm-hmm. I mean, he is. He's so European. To quote Gene Simmons of all people. But no, I, I love him, and and I, I enjoyed the hell out of this enough to read the previous issue. Right. So there you go. Run Flash. I, I would pimp it. I think it would uh, look very. Uh, very nice on the bookshelf when it's all done, hopefully. I'm sure it will. Yep. Do you ever get tired of the rogues? I couldn't tell you. I haven't read much of them. <laughs> well, I guess it was more of a question for Dap than, than you. <laughs> no, no, I do not. It is, um, 
and I, I think he has, I, yeah, they're not, and, and you know, yes, some of them are silly or at least appear silly, have powers that, that, that can be a bit silly, like the top, <laughs> um, but the you top. know, and I mean, even Mirror Master is, it sounds is, dirty, doesn't it? I'm the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have, uh, but even, even the silly ones, Batman and, and Spider-Man suffer the same fate. It's, you know, it, the, the vulture is a 90 year old dude. Like how the hell is, is that supposed to be threatening? And, and you know, it's okay. Yeah. Hammerhead. That's all right. But it's, and with Batman, you have ventriloquist. So really it's, but, but flashes rogues. It's whereas really the, the, the Reverse Flash, or Professor Zoom would be the one that you would think would maybe be his Joker to his Batman. But right. there are, you know, I think, I think as, but just like we, we would think, you know, Green Goblin would be Spider-Man's biggest foe. It, it, it actually, you know, under slot, it turned out to be Dr. Octopus. Captain Cold seems to be the one that really kind of gets under Barry's skin and, and, and I guess gets maybe the, the better of him. Um, I think I've always loved the reverse, the negative aspect of, of the character, right? You know, the flash in the red outfit and yeah, and, me too. Reverse flash is the yellow. I, I, I dig that. I, I, I love reverse like doppelgangers and, um, you know, there was a there was there was a uh, a, a Spider Man coloring book that I had and and it had I think it had to do with like Cape Canaveral but but the the story was basically there was a another Spider Man but um, in the coloring book I just I reversed the costume so this way I knew when I was coloring it which one was was the actual. Mm-hmm. That Spider-Man, I just, I, I, I love that idea. I, I love playing with that concept of, of altering the colors and, and, um, yeah, I, it, it, which is when the Flash series started. And, um, as, as silly as Tom Cavanaugh may have looked in the padded suit, I, I thought it was really cool that that was the, um, the big bad of the, uh, of the launch. But, yeah, same, same. It, it's, um, yeah, and I, but no, it, it's I've I am a Barry fan, so and and I've I've read here and there, I've read some of of Joshua's flash work, um, and it's not bad at all. I, I'm not I'm not poo pooing anything, um, but part of it, I think, also when I when I saw that it was like you know chapter one or year one or whatever, it was. I mean, we already had, we had rebirth, and we've. I mean, we had rebirth before New Fifty Two. We had rebirth when um, by by Johns and Van Skyver, and then we had um, uh, and then yeah, then, then we had the New Fifty Two. But it it just when it was announced, it kind of just triggered the uh, the feeling I had when when they killed the flow of um, the momentum with the Green Lantern book following the Sinestro Core War, and it's like, hey, and now here's the secret origin of, of Green Lantern, even though we brought Hal back, 
less than five years ago. Here's mm-hmm. here's a secret origin that's not so secret, except now we're inserting the black hand in there somewhere. And um, I just I don't and it it makes no sense for me to say this because since I'm not current on Flash and I haven't been reading it, I don't know if this has just been crammed into the middle of an arc. I'm sure it serves. I'm, I'm sure they're doing it for a reason, and and there are things that are going to play out. Um, but because the Flash isn't something that I'm reading on the regular. I, I have no um, inserting his his origin in it now. Um, I, I'm not. It, it has no weight for me. So I'll. But I'll listen. It, it sounds like it's, it. It would be a good jumping on point then for that matter. So I'll. I'll give it a read, Vince. Absolutely, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You you don't need to invest a whole lot of. Uh brain power in it because you've you've lived a lot of this right well not lived but you've experienced a lot of this yes, already right but when you see this mm-hmm. turtle this turtle spread you'd be like what i oh, ah this is cool I, I need to i need this i need to find out what's going on yep gotcha. what else do we have the turtle the turtle i mean come on what's come on. It, 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 conceptually when you when you your your main character revels in speed and the anti or the 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 foe of this arc is called the turtle come on that's cool it's cuz turtles aren't fast ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, nicely done it's cute yeah the forces um they were just like a year or two ago the different forces they deal with it in the Justice League. Ah, uh, I know you guys aren't reading, but I'm, no, I'm waiting for the uh, sixth dimension thing know. to wrap up so I can read it all at once because it looks great. There's the Still Force, which the Turtle is a user of. Okay. There's the Sage Force and the Strength Force. Or the Strength. The Strength. Uh, there is. I don't know what the other ones are offhand. Uh, <laughs> those are all in the Justice League. Uh, but I believe there's six or seven new forces. Cool. To go along with the Speed Force. And they're really pushing this Perpetua character. Like from the pages I've seen, um, uh, maybe the recent issue or the one one back that this perpetua from she's she's in it like the and and i've aside from this that that 25 cent issue that i've never seen this character before so she knew but they're looking like they're they're making her a, a player so we'll see where it goes you're really not feeling the superhero books Listen to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the other ones are, and I, I couldn't be bothered to look them up. <laughs> words and stuff. All right. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Let's just let's drag this kicking and screaming home. Yeah. This. <laughs> if you would like to get your books cheap, get them fast, and delivered right to your door. Where do you go? There's only one place: Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get, and I will reiterate, from Dark Horse. Black Hammer Justice League number one of five. 
$1.99. From Titan Comics, it's the Blade Runner 2019 number one for $1.99. And once again, Dark Horse capping off that bookend with Flaming Carrot Comics Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1, big chunk of Bob Burden for $12.49. And your travels. I have something very cool that just landed on my doorstep today. Yep. And it is a massive book. Let's see how many pages are in this bitch. 740 pages of eensy teensy type. It will take you 10,000 years to read this book. I'm not kidding. I mean, it is just jam-packed with text and pictures and well more text than pictures there's a lot of text in this thing it is called and it's only volume one (laughs) i don't know how many more there could possibly be but it's called scarred for life growing up in the dark side of the decade volume one the 1970s written by stephen brotherstone and dave lawrence with an introduction by Johnny Maines. Now, why am I telling you about this? Well, in addition you, to uh, Scarred by Television, you can be um, Scarred by Science Fiction, Scarred by Toys, Scarred by Public Information Films, Scarred by Films. Mm-hmm. Sc- you can be Scarred by Food and the Paranormal. You can also be Scared by Books and Comics. And the comic section focuses on, well, the books and comics section focuses on the Pan Book of Horror Stories, Killer Crabs, Men of War, and Stone Killers, Lurid Horror, War, and Sci-Fi Novels, Skins, Angels, and the New Pulp, ooh, the New English Library, Dracula Annual, The Valiant Book of Mystery and Magic, Action, 2000 AD, the 70s, Planet of the Damned, The Crunch, you got Misty, which is which was a very uh, popular British uh, horror anthology. The Deranged Art of Ken Reed. And Death by Time Mind Sync Warp, the darker, trippier side of Marvel Comics. And this is what this is, is it's a British interpretation of life in the 1970s, of pop culture in the 1970s. Comics, movies... Um, novels, any anything pop culture, they look like they tear it apart in exacting detail, just judging by the text. I mean, it is just staggering how much text is in this thing. But um, it's very inexpensive. I think it was 20 bucks. And it will probably set you up for the rest of your life in, in terms of reading material. So I'm I'm pimping it. It is right up my proverbial alley. It's published by well, it was on Lulu. So if you go and do just do a search, Scarred for Life, Volume One, it'll it'll come up. I ordered it on uh, Thursday and it came today. It's yeah. it's pretty amazing, but like I said, it's a British perspective, which is okay too because I have more than enough. American perspective on the 1970s. I need to read some British stuff. And here you go. Here you go. Yep. In your travels, um, something else that I found 
that was uh, entertaining. It's another Dunner one. It is the second issue of Fair Lady from Image Comics. And uh, Brian, I want to say Brian. Uh, yes, Brian Schirmer, uh, or Schirmer, uh, illustrated by Claudia Balboni. I am digging the mystery aspect of it. Uh, the as much as I enjoy the first issue, I think I like the second issue a smidge more. Uh, you get a little bit more detail as to what kind of world this is and and who these characters are um, in the aftermath of the war of the Harshland, there was no longer a need for a standing army. Former soldiers struggled struggled to re-enter society. Some found employment, some turned to crime. Some became the first licensed investigators, the first fairmen. Jenner Falls posed as a man to fight in the war. When she returned, a wizard hired her to oversee security at his tower. In her free time, she takes on cases no one else cares about as the land's only fair lady and um there's a whole this this particular issue in this mystery she's she's been hired to solve um there's some cover-up going on and some double crossing that people need to uh exact revenge on i Kind of didn't see this coming, and and I dig the um, I like that it, it's it's not a swerve for the sake of ah you didn't guess it because this character was never introduced it it was um it, it's pretty much there uh but it's it's told in a way with between the flashbacks and and the scene changes um that it's it's not completely straightforward and therefore if if um if you if you blink you may have missed something that uh that could have been there and may have tipped its hand but yeah it's it's um what i'm liking so far about fair lady with these two issues is that they are complete stories within the issue uh, again i'm sure there's going to be some sort of um there, there, there's a thread probably connecting the issues that may be revealed as as time goes on but for now um i'm i'm liking it quite a bit i i think you know, the the art is 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 clean a little sparse in some places but but serving the purpose if if there's not a lot of background information going on it's because you really should be paying attention to maybe the characters faces and and their expressions um the uh but the the world that the uh this takes place in is is pretty interesting and and it can kind of uh because it's not necessarily in any world we're familiar with you um you, you're kind of learning as uh as the reader here you're, you're just you can't take anything really for granted or assume that things work the way um and i don't mean to sound like you know gravity or things like that there's there's just um a way that uh people behave and handle themselves here and um for the most part, everybody still has the same kind of, you know, uh, ethics and, and, and morals we may, but there's still, um, there could still be some, some underhandedness, uh, as 
depending on your mindset, people may 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 find that to be the the easier way to uh, to get things done. But yeah, I I'm enjoying it quite a bit. This and um, it reminds me a little bit of of Gagor, especially with the uh, with the setup with 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 this world. But um, yeah, it's it's still following that uh, that trend image is on for me with uh, back again with uh, with 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 an uptick in the quality of, uh, of, of new launch titles. But yeah, in your travels, fair lady. It's as though you and I agreed to tag team on our new travels because, uh, I was going to intro with the same way, which is that image is back. I <laughs> think that, that yes, series like saga are on hiatus, which is their big seller. And, uh, some of the, the big titles from the last resurgence, like, Paper Girls and East of West and Black Science are all ending, but there was a lull. Let's be honest, there was a lull there. A lot of titles were launched and, and didn't catch, but you're absolutely right, Dap. I, I think right now, uh, let's. I think we can call it, they, they are back with uh, with an incredible group of, of amazing titles that uh, are ongoing. So My Inner Travels is an image new book, but it is unfortunately not an ongoing and that is to remind people that if they haven't heeded our prior praise for this book, please, please, please get yourself caught up on Little Bird. Yes. Uh, we are now three issues into the five-issue series, and uh, it's just – it's such a unique book. And, and I – it's easy just to give the credit to Ian Bertram, who's the artist, and he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for – visuals that are unlike anything else we're seeing in comics right now. Um, just incredibly hyper detailed, but, but, but bold choices in terms of anatomy, bold choices in the way that he, uh, creates architecture and weaponry and the surroundings and nobody, everybody's, everything is ugly, but like in a, in a very clean way. It's, it's, but it's a grotesque book. It, it just, the book is a sight to behold, but also we got to give love to, to uh, to Darcy von Polgeist, I, I don't know if Darcy's written other comics. It's the first I've heard of her, and if this is really her debut in comics, goddamn, talk about an amazing debut. Um, uh, I won't get too much into the, the nitty gritty because I know you both are reading this and I don't think you've read issue three. But we learn more and more about uh, about uh, the axe and uh, Little Bird and their relationship and. They go their separate ways in issue three. The axe goes on a mission. Uh, Little Bird is uh, holding fort, quite literally. And uh, listen, let's be honest: uh, stuff goes goes does not go according to plan. And uh, there is some fascinating interaction between Little Bird and the bishop's son, who is uh, a sickly young boy who wears a mask and is uh, prone to illness and. When he and Little Bird meet, it's a fascinating encounter where it hints at some uh, connection between them that we might not have expected. Uh, and the book, like any good miniseries should, the the issue, once again, for the third time in a row, leaves you with a jaw-on-the-floor cliffhanger where you're definitely waiting with bated breath for the next issue to see what happens. So, uh, God, this book is its almost it, it's too good to – it's like we don't deserve this book. <laughs> I kind of agree. Yeah, I'm, how come you haven't read the third issue yet, then? Oh, well, because I 
bought it and read it. I'll read it when it comes in my box. Oh, I forgot. See, so you guys are at the weekly. I forget. Or not the weekly. There you go. It happens. Vince, by the way, though, before we sign off. What? No emotions about Spawn 300? Oh, shit, yeah. Come on. Capullo, back on Spawn? Capullo uh, and, and, and Todd. Yeah, yeah. Well, for this guy's money, Capullo has, hands down, the best run on Spawn. Even more than McFarland. I love Todd. You know, that goes without saying. But Capullo's run is just, it it eclipses Todd's in... in a whole bunch of ways. So yeah, I'm now, giddy. I'm giddy. Is that cover that they use for the promo press release the actual cover, or is that just a joke? I don't know. Well, didn't they already do that for two fifty? Did he's, they? The, 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 the amazing three hundred homage. He's parody? done. Yeah, he's Ooh. done. He's um, done pastiches of his famous amazing covers for a while on Spawn. They were the variants for a bunch of issues. He did the he did a pastiche of the the Wolverine uh, Hulk cover with the the reflection in the the, the blades. Uh, yeah, he's he's done takeoffs on his own stuff for a while. Now, what I did not realize, Vince, is that this is the first time Todd will be penciling and inking Spawn since 1995. Yeah, it's been a while. He's That's he's insane. Yeah, well, it's been 24 years since he drew his own character. He's inked. That's crazy. Yeah, he's done ink, but he hasn't, he hasn't penciled for a, a while, a long while. It's going to be a 72-page book, too. <laughs> I'm in the choir, buddy. You know, I've been, I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm just surprised it. you didn't lead with this. No. Well, it's, it's, it's just a... Of course it's, it's news of note. Low-hanging fruit. Which you cover are you going to get? I may get more than one. Ooh, I don't know. Shit. There's yeah. 12 of them. Well, that's just silly. So I'll pick I'll pick the ones I like and get those. There's a McFarlane, a Poppy Capullo. It says Campbell. I don't know if that's Jay Scott or probably. I assume it's Jay Scott. Jerome Opeña, uh, Jason Sean Alexander, and then James there are Aaron? black and white artist edition variants, which just show the uncolored work. So yeah. And if Simon Kodransky's anywhere near issue 300, uh, next time I see Todd, I'm going to smack his ass. I do not see him anywhere. Thank on the... the gods. No, he's making sure I don't buy Punisher. Oh, it is J. Scott Campbell, by the way. Um, yeah. Punisher's yeah. rough, man. That's fine. It is rough. Punisher's been in can a I, bad spot. Can, can I tell you how, I mean, just like Daredevil, how, how kind of uncomfortable and, and almost wrong that i'm not buying a punisher comic as it's monthly on the stands right now yeah i haven't done that in i i yeah well, <laughs> but it's you put kudransky on a book you, it's gonna you happen dropped it with becky right when becky Clunin took over i yeah I, I dropped it before that I, I dropped it when steve passed and um right and only because the i mean I, I ended up finishing it digitally but i stopped buying the the issues um after after Steve died, and it mm-hmm. was um, it wasn't the best story either. I mean, it, it, she, you know, just like Jason Aaron did when he did his Max run, he, she she told a complete story. It was there was um, you know, there, there were everything worked, and and you know, there were some there were some decent artists on it. I, I and the Declan covers were pretty cool, but um, yeah, I just it it wasn't with everything. It, it, 
I couldn't justify just one thing as a reason to to keep buying it. It, it. I needed more than just, you know, okay, well, this artist is pretty cool, or I needed more than a cover. So mm-hmm. it, it had to go. But, yeah, so once once that wrapped up, I was like, all right, you know, uh, it'll happen again. And then, and then it was, you know, him dressed up as War Machine, and I was like, well, that's okay. But even that kind of lost its luster. And then as giddy because it's like all right cool and we're gonna have these awesome greg smallwood covers and then i found out who was drawing the interiors and i was like i'm out get your ass you're out ain't fucking happening well now the punisher is punishing as guardian gods yep right but and but just like what um what donnie's doing with well in donnie's case he even though it's still going on in venom Cullen's writing those issues, whereas mm-hmm. instead of it interrupting whatever's going on in the Punisher book, Punisher's getting his own three-issue miniseries to tie in with War of the Realms. But in the Marvel previews, there's the Punisher Kill Crew, which I'm thinking about getting just so that this way I can get a, a Punisher comic again. By the way, speaking of Donny Cates, I'm glad you mentioned his name. Congratulations! Yes, Mr. Mr. Cates is newly engaged to fellow creator uh, Megan Hutchinson. Nice. So, mazel to you both. That's sweet. Indeed. Yep. Oh, and uh, and don't forget to get your DCBS orders uh, in. There, the deadline is the official deadline is tomorrow. I think, as we always say, they'll let you get it in a day or two beyond that if you need to. But, but uh, do them a solid and get it in. Get in where you fit in, and uh, don't forget to. If you haven't gone to your LCS this week yet, don't forget to pick up both Middle West number seven and the Middle West first trade, which collects the issues one through six. Nice. How how is the Punisher and and Asgard any different than the Executioner? It's, it's like the same thing, right? Well, except the executioner's an Asgardian. Well, you know what I mean, but I mean, modus operandi. Remember the executioner with the with the two fisted guns? Yeah, and yeah. But I think the big difference for me is that executioner's an Asgardian, so of course he's not going to die from like one hit. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you know, Vince, that there is a book that came out today, which I picked up, um, called Clue. Candlestick. Yep. You know why I picked it up? Because Dash Shaw's drawing it. Yes. Yes, and writing it too, right? How did that happen? I, I don't know. I saw it and How I was like, Dash what? Shaw agree to do an IDW book based on a board game? I don't know. I, That's I really... all kinds of crazy, so I'm very intrigued by but it. But it doesn't it fit, though, with Shaw's approach to comics? Like, he, I've never been able to pin down anything he's done in, in yeah, the past. Yeah, I was so. very tickled to see that. Because I don't remember reading it in the solicits, I probably glanced. I, like I said, I often don't. I don't scrutinize IDW, so I just jumped right past it. I'm sure I did I initially. Saw, I, saw I book. I didn't see the show was attached to it though. Yeah, th- that's the thing. I saw Clue and I just breezed on by it, and then right. I, I read a blurb somewhere like Dash Shots. Like what? Yeah, yeah. The craziness ensues. Right. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you one more time for being here with us. If you want to join the party. Come to the Facebook groups and the Instagrams and the Twitters. We're all over the place there. And oh, we'll, we'll do a month shout out too before we go. Yeah. Yes, uh, we will discuss it um, 
next week. Uh, I'm not sure what night we're recording next week, but um, thirtieth, right? I would assume the thirtieth, because I think we all know whether or not we need to change it. But yeah, so make sure you read "Demon from the Darkness" to read along with us on Thursday. Well, Thursday night for us, you'll hear it Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And take a peek at our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. All good. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. See, I don't have a, I don't have a pen tack and click, but. No, it's a beer cap, beer bottle. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. You're not clicking it though, bro. That was Rush, by the way. David. Nice. It was Rush. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's your favorite? My favorites. That was fun. Come back and we'll give you some more fun next time. That's right. Yeah, we will. Yeah, say bye. First, it's bye. Goodbye. <laughs>